But as events move forward and as things get closer and closer to his heart, he's like, I'm done with the masks, man. I'm done with masking my emotions. I'm done with, um, you know, people masking how they're really feeling. I'm done with putting a mask over all of this stuff for what? For what? It doesn't, it doesn't help us move forward. I would rather be authentic and have us move forward in a truthful way. Welcome to The Story Thinker, a Webtoons and Witcher podcast for superfans with scene-by-scene analysis. Featuring sharp co-hosts for a fuller picture, we dive deep into character psychology, relationships, and theories. We'd love it if you could like, subscribe, comment, and rate us on all podcast platforms and social media. For bonus content, you can support The Story Thinker on Patreon. Let's begin. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 123 of Purple Hyacinth, Appalling Accusation, and we're here with Veronica. Hi. Who <laughs> is also at a disco club at the moment. Truly. <laughs> it's just uh, it's a raving good time all the time. <laughs> Johnston household, the disco club. <laughs> truly, truly. <laughs> no, I, I'm feeling a little floral. Here, I'll change it up. <laughs> <laughs> now we're springtime now we got it springtime colors Ooh. i'll make it stop moving there we go mm. let's see what looks purple enough oh that's purple purple hyacinth yeah to have the color sheen. <laughs> you like that one all right uh what about that that's very purple Ooh, i feel like this is really purple perfect too purple great <laughs> on brand all right so the episode uh, does start out with some color. Speaking of color, we have a dock and we have a guard going, or someone, sorry, going on the dock. And he is looking around him, looking apprehensive, making sure he's not being watched. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> he walks down and the a messenger says, Blair, I hope you weren't followed. And right away, by the way, did you think as soon as you saw the messenger, you're like, oh, this must have been Raphael? Of course, of course. <laughs> we just finished last episode of Raphael, so I know. I, I was, I was like, all right, here it comes, here it comes. I'm, I'm sure all of us kind of, sort of felt that way. It was, and you know what? I feel like we've been looking forward to this for a long time. We've never quite. There's a couple characters that you know him. I feel like Nara is another character um, in this way. There's a couple other um, sideline characters that we never really feel like we fully got established, like what their significance is to the story. And even I would say like some relationships character wise, not even necessarily like characters themselves. Like for instance, um, a couple episodes ago, that was the first time we got the drop with Dylan and William and having any real connection there um, that we're finally getting to see and like finally getting that significance coming around. So I, I just, I'm finally happy that we're, hopefully going to be able, well, we are, we're seeing uh, Raphael and William finally have kind of more of a connection um, and see who they are as people now. Because we kind of, we've had in terms of like their relationship with each other and really who Raphael is, because we don't really know who he is. We know who he is from William's perspective, but we don't know who he is yet um, and what made motivates him and uh, 
you know, I know there's a lot of theories out there still. I don't, I, I, I don't know how I feel about Raphael. There's just not enough information yet, mm-hmm. but you know, it'll be nice to have more to go off of. So yes. I'm excited. And I have to like uh, do my apologies as a podcaster. I usually read through the Discord and I love hearing everyone's theories and I feel like that informs me more and I got like a fuller picture. I've been crazy busy lately. So I did <laughs> not even check the Discord and I, I like it really hurts my heart. But um, yeah, so I apologize for my lack of research. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's nice to just uh, be fresh, be fresh for the read if you will i love i love following the discord and reading everyone's like stuff i really do (laughs) my morning i'll have to read some but and then (laughs) so anywho so this guy's like um you know i hope you weren't followed no of course not i've been careful we'll see Uh (laughs) and and then you know um the messenger stamps his foot and he's like right Considering the rest of your work, it's not what I would assume. The next delivery is being delayed due to your carefulness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, sarcasm. And he shoves a file at his shoulder and he's like, this entire file is a mess. It's a mess. That's unacceptable. You're lucky no one else has noticed this yet at the devils and you better fix it quickly. And suddenly we see from all the way up on top of the rooftop through a little hole, in, uh, a little like space in the slats, a camera mm-hmm. and we see someone taking notes so yeah yeah they're being spied on mm-hmm. and the note is saying devils and then we see someone in the hood and did you notice that little peak that little identifying peak with a person in the hood i did i am very excited i you know this again another character that you know we've been teased at here and there but we never really understood any kind of significance or if they were significant now it's like okay confirmed they're kind of important and also confirmed you know this is an entirely new character and we get to see what actually happens next mm-hmm. yeah there's a tiny sliver of blue hair so mm-hmm. it's the screen which mm-hmm. should call this blue you know i know i know right <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're on brand with the blue and the purple today, but yeah, I thought of that too. <laughs> Not just blue hair, but all blue. The eyes are blue. Yeah. The coat is blue. Mm-hmm. Oh, green. <laughs> so she's sitting on the roof and she's fine. Woohoo. And, but unfortunately, uh, the messenger is very perceptive, like really perceptive. I'm very impressed. He notices that, like, um, that the light of the slats, that there's something blocking the light, which I guess, you know, I guess if you're there a lot, you would know that usually it's just the slats. And now, mm. oh, oh, there's something blocking. So he looks, and as he's looking, the person on top of the roof shifts. So now he knows for sure there's someone uh-huh. up there. And he immediately throws a dagger, like, right at the slat. Excellent aim. So, uh-huh. Yeah, kudos to Raphael. Smart and good with a dagger. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I can already see people crushing on him. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Oh, it's funny because in terms of physicality, he has like blue eyes and long blonde hair. I mean, like that's my look one to the T. So Uh and a little beard. Oh my gosh. 
He has a very nice beard. He does it better than his dad, I think. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not just saying that because we don't like dad and his murderiness and his susness. I'm saying that because it's genuinely nicer. <laughs> all right. Oh, well, I guess the Ellen's Avenue more closely when we get to those panels. <laughs> we should do a side by side of all the, the Hawksmen. Oh, my God. We should just do a beard comparison. Him, Listen, John. <laughs> Tristan, just line them up. Mm. Beard judgment. I love it. (laughs) You're so shallow. Anyway, I apologize for our superficiality. But the dagger embeds itself into the slats. He just misses the slats. And so we have tap, tap, taps, and the person's running away. And the messenger grabs the person and he's like, So you were followed, you imbecile. Whatever that was, find them and silence them. If this goes wrong, it'll be on you and you wish you were dead. The rat. I wonder why he's not following himself. Like, why I feel like the messenger is a lot more capable than this guy. It seems. I think so. Uh, I, you know, it's one of those things where I was actually thinking about this today as well when I was rereading it. And, you know, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, come on, dude. Like, if you want something done right, do it yourself then. But at the same time, I think the messengers, and that's kind of something, <coughs> sorry, I'm getting over COVID too. Um, <laughs> But I think that's something that we see um, the messengers uh, throughout the series. They kind of have a ten, they, they're kind of separate. Like they have their lane. And if you notice, characters don't tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. They wait for the messengers to tell them what to do. Um, the messengers are kind of like, even if you're like one step down from the apostle, you're not one step above the messenger. Like any kind of messenger, if you notice, they just have that gravitas and everybody listens to them and nobody messes with them or questions them. And I think that's part of the reason that the masks are significant for the messengers as well. Um, Because nobody gets real, really that personal bias. And so as long as their identity is kind of kept under wraps, (coughs) it helps them maintain that position of authority. But I think going, the reason that I say that in tandem with this is I think they have a very specific role and I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those things where, yeah, maybe he could solve it himself, but he might have very strict orders, you know, in order to successfully maintain his identity, in order to successfully, you know, be a messenger and not all of a sudden get caught up in the politics like with Apostle 7 and how he messed up there. You know, in order for him to stay in his lane, he stays in his lane. So nobody should expect the messenger to step up for them because they're kind of sort of not part of this, if that makes sense. They're like a neutral tool, or at least this is the way I kind of interpret it from the other episodes. But it is so hilarious as well to just kind of see him like peace out and just let this guy have his fate. It's like, dang, you really don't like him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're right. I guess if he ran after him, also his identity was more likely to be compromised. So exactly. he also can't really run around with that mask without being noticed. I know, right? I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, right? I mean, like, I was thinking about, let's say, was your later, like, where did he put the mask? Like, is he just in his backpack or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's cold up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, he's like, but put your and he's like, find them. And... Uh, now we see the person in the hood who is spy jumping down from the roof 
and running, and the man is running after the after her with a gun in his hand, and he shoots, he misses. She's huffing. There's a chase. He's shooting, and it scratches. Um, the bullet grazes her leg, so it scratches her leg, and she winces and keeps running. He's still running after her. Now we have two people on the dock. One of whom has a gun, so I think he was a guard. And they're like, "Did you hear gunshots? Yeah, over there." Like, "Hey, what's going on over there?" So the man goes, Shh, and he keeps running, and they run after him. Um, yeah. So that's the end of that scene. So she got away, Ooh. and now she we did. see the um, the messenger disappearing into a porthole, a hole. <laughs> I love that <laughs> uh, manhole. It's a manhole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and so yeah i mean obviously like we all have our we talk about the tunnels a lot i don't know if this isn't specifically a tunnel but probably and then we have purple high episode 123 and now we open up we go to um we have like a street lamp and we see Raphael walking now i want to say what if do you think there's a chance that this is like a giant fake out and the fact that we have the messenger juxtaposed here and that we've been like, oh, maybe the messenger's Raphael. What if it's like totally not connected? What if Raphael is not the messenger and they're just faking us out and putting <laughs> him, you know, this messenger scene in between Raphael's scenes? I was going to say, you have to wonder. And that is one thing where it's like, I don't get too attached to the identity of certain individuals. Um, like, I'm not attached to, I'm not invested in uh, any leader theories. I'm not invested in really any any masked person until it's like closer to and it's unless it's like glaring me in the face only because you know they have done misdirects before um and you know that whole episode with the leader talking to apostle seven and like the fact that they can play these games and set up these entire operations and these entire stings behind each other's backs um there's no until something's confirmed mm-hmm. like <coughs> you know, uh, don't get too attached, you know, in terms of, in terms of that. So it really, really definitely could be like just a generic neutral messenger. Um, you know, it, it could be, it could be somebody that maybe we've never seen before. It could be Raphael, but I don't think that's going to be given away lightly. And for all we know, it could be completely neutral. Um, for all we know, it could be Coco, the return of Coco. Um, I can't tell you how much I miss the animals of Purple Hyacinth. I'm just saying, I want some updates. I feel like we've gotten invested. Um, but yeah, no, for all we know, it's somebody completely different, and it could definitely be a setup for Raphael. Um, when you think about it, if you think about what William was saying earlier about how, you know, I'm really surprised that um, we haven't been targeted or something yet. Who's to say that as much as dad is sus in terms of, wow, just miraculously, our family is untouched. It could also be maybe they're being set up for something bigger. So you never know. You never know. And it's it's going to be real. It's going to be juicy, though. Whenever we get a hold of that messenger, it's going to be juicy. It's going to feel so good. Mm-hmm. And this episode was very juicy also. Like, the emotional content that goes on between Will and Raphael. Like we've been teased with Raphael for a while, and he's been a mystery. So now we got a lot more content from him, and I was really excited to see that. Mm-hmm. 
I think I was most excited by this episode just seeing just seeing other characters that I was like, oh, finally, it's like clicking into place certain connections. And it's like, oh, I can't wait till it all comes together. Can't wait till we find out what this opera house is for, besides opera. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, <yeah. laughs> so, Raphael's walking along, and I don't know about you, I thought he looked pretty sad when he's walking. He's, you know, tapping along, he's just like, he's looking down, and his lips are a little bit downturned. I felt like he looked really sad. Like, I think he doesn't like his life too much either if I was like so resentful um you know all right sorry you can continue <laughs> it's all good it's all good it happens um but yeah no I just it's gonna be so juicy when we finally like see all the things click in place and um I remember what I was saying um you know when you when you run away to join the circus you know unless you have an absolutely overwhelmingly positive experience in the circus, which it sounds like a lot of people do at the Viscount Redcliffe's uh, circus going on there. Um, but just as much, I mean, when you are, you know, when that's kind of your primary motivating factor, but you can't really get away from your family, but that was your primary motivating factor to change your entire life um you know it, it's not it's not surprising that you are kind of at least at the very least a serious person and then all of a sudden you see your brother you know or get a whiff of the fact that he's there and you know you're trying to stay away from your family regardless of how you feel you know you're naturally going to have some kind of emotions whether they're positive uh negative or even sometimes just weird and neutral um, you know, Raphael has always kind of struck me as uh, more of a tragic character, um, mm -hmm. and it makes sense that uh, there would at least be some aura of melancholy. Right. Uh, you know, you don't you don't come out of that kind of family situation that they've had and not have some sort of some sort of intense emotion. Mm -hmm. So. I, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if that's his mood 24-7. And also his dad is super intense all the time. And William, even though he's, you know, more positive and upbeat about things, yeah. also very intense. So that's I just feel like that's a family thing. That's just <laughs> on brand for the family. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> okay, so let's discuss more as we go through the panel. But I love her melancholy because I think that describes him very well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he gets stopped by William. ABG, it's mm. for a few hours. He puts his hand on his gun. He's like, please state your business, sir. And then it's Will. He's like, I repeat, sir, we are the APD. Boom, drama. And Raphael turns around. Like it was past, past for a few hours, state your business. And Will's like, <gasps> like when he realizes this is Raphael, he's in shock. And then he turns back to his patrol members and he says, I know him. He's a circus member. I'll take care of it. Please continue with patrol without me for now. I'll join you later. Yes, Lieutenant. They nod, and as they go away, one of them says, they look very similar. He's like, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this random character, like the guy with the Mandy's haircut on the left, he's like stunning. Like, he's this guy you'll never see again. He's just so beautiful. <laughs> the haircuts just get better and better. That's one of my favorite things uh, to see in this webtoon is the drawings of the hair. It's just so mwah, chef's kiss. I'm a and it just continues. The 90s. The 90s mm. 
haircut with like the part swoop over the eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my gosh. It's been making a comeback, man. It's yeah. been making a serious comeback. You know, I think they do it better nowadays though, because they layer it, you know, it's not just a whoosh, you know. But uh but yeah, no, I, I that that panel was funny. It was just funny to like, oh gee, they look alike. Gee, do they? You know. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. And now Will removes his mask and he just looks beside and he's like, take your hand off your gun, Raphael. I'm not going to arrest you. Which by the way, once again, Will, smarter than we give him credit for. Like, he saw that right away. <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, I he, he's lieutenant for a reason, and he reminds us consistently. And, uh, you know, he, probably one of those things where he knows his brother, but also he's been around the streets a couple of times, and he works with Liddell most of the time. So he's used to seeing it all, you know? Mm-hmm. um and he's used to <laughs> i'm sure he's used to uh you know being able to identify when somebody's got something when somebody's carrying i do like in this scene how you know i was rereading some of the other episodes and the one episode where him and lauren are talking and he's like dude you almost died in those scenes like he's just he takes off his mask he takes off her mask and in this one he takes off his mask it's like we're seeing the gradual transition of him as a character you know he's all about procedure he's all about rule he's all about you know using that structure to hold on to and hold together but as events move forward and as things get closer and closer to his heart He's like, I'm done with the masks, man. I'm done with masking my emotions. I'm done with, um, you know, people masking how they're really feeling. I'm done with putting a mask over all of this stuff. For what? For what? It doesn't, it doesn't help us move forward. I would rather be authentic and have us move forward in a truthful way than continue to hide behind different structures like the masks they were and that was kind of that was kind of cool to see that consistency I love that and you know I saw that too like I was surprised that Will was so open I didn't think he had that ability in him I thought he would push things off and not be honest emotionally and you know beat around the bush but yeah he really was ready to have a forthright conversation yeah the last time he was talking about Raphael to someone else he really wasn't so this is like this is he's making leaps and bounds internally doing a lot of self-work man what he told Lauren in the recent episode also was also very emotionally vulnerable so he's I'm so proud of him he made a joke like (laughs) that's a personal growth right there my dude that's true I'm not very funny. I don't make jokes, at least in, not in real life, maybe in writing I do. But I recently, every time I try to make a joke, it's not very funny. But I have been trying, so. Oh, no, 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 you're great. No, when William said that, that made his first joke with Kim. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, yeah. Joke too. Whoa. All right. <laughs> All right. So he's like, I'm not going to arrest you. Not yet, at least. I want to talk. And Raphael's like, I'm listening. I'm like, okay, good for you, Raphael. I'm glad you didn't just run away. Like, good for you. 
and Will is irritated. And he says, I realize that you've made a new life for yourself. Not sure if I want to know what kind, if you're walking with a gun on you at night. So are you, Will. I was... <laughs> like, is gun ownership illegal there? <laughs> well, just like you have near riots in the street. You think people aren't carrying. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is a very privileged world. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, just purple hyacinth out there. You need to protect yourself from the purple hyacinth. I was gonna say I mean, he doesn't even use a gun, like <laughs> you know. But but yeah. And he says, "I also got that if you never came home in all those years, it means you never had the intention to." Oh, but I still need to understand why. Oh, poor baby. And he says, "You were Will Raphael." Again, to his credit, I, I literally thought he was just going to run away and make up some lie and just like be like, bye, I gotta go. <laughs> but he, he's honest with him. He tells me, you were too young for me to tell you anything. You wouldn't have understood. He says, I'm not a kid anymore. And Raphael says, there are many things you still have no idea about. Which I have to say, Raphael, uh, no. Will's a police officer. He spends his whole day dealing with Phantom Scythe. If you are a messenger <laughs> for the Phantom Scythe, which... Granted, we haven't confirmed yet. We are only highly suspicious of. Like, mm-hmm. you could tell your brother. Like, okay, maybe you can't tell him because, like, you don't want to arrest you. But, like, it's not like he doesn't know about the Phantom Sight. He literally spends all his whole day dealing with it. He was just in a factory fighting with them firsthand. <laughs> Is he like the you big brother? Like, you're still too young. Like, I know too much. <laughs> He's like the big brother. That right? is I'm... such a big sibling move. It's like, <laughs> they could be literally be like one month younger than you and you'd be like no I'm sorry I gotta take care of you from what you know um that was that was kind of funny to see yeah this is a part of the conversation where it's like I could tell you guys haven't talked in a while <laughs> you guys are uh yeah you're not used to doing this with each other are you but you know and that is so funny though too because it's it just really is big sibling energy and when you think about it you know whatever Raphael's going through and this is the part where it's like <coughs> I understand why he looks like maybe a little super sus because William really could help him and this is also the part where maybe he doesn't necessarily look sus but you can definitely see that that melancholy that actual definite pain um and resentment and this is where we get those beats of illustrating how to work through family trauma um is that you know part of it is well are you protecting William or are you protecting yourself do you not want to revisit these subjects because you're right if anybody has the tactical skills if anybody has the resources it's William you know he's connected he's skilled in and of himself so he would be able to work that out and furthermore, you know, <clears throat> on the one hand, I kind of understand. Because if you're talking about somebody that you think the other person cares about a lot, and that's your point of contention, that you wouldn't want to step into that or ruin that person's image of so-and-so, um, I understand that conflict. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Um, and so in that way, I understand holding back. But on the other hand, it's like, if you feel so strongly about it, you know, he is a lieutenant. <laughs> right. He's your brother. <laughs> it's funny, because, I mean, also the last time he left him, he was like a kid. He, I think he has to catch up like, oh, no, he's not a kid anymore. Just like what Will said. 
So mm-hmm. Will's like, Will gets annoyed at his demeanor. And he's like, I'm stopping so effing secretive and spit it out, Raphael. By the way, remember, I, I forgot who it was, but some people had made an uh, oh, F word count and Will came out on top as of last count. So I don't know if that mark might have like, you know, ruined it all. But here he goes, Kristen. And he's like, was it because of father? And he pauses. And he says, you used to tell me everything. And you see his pain in his eyes. He's like, play with me whenever you had a chance. Sneak me out of the manor with you. Comfort me when I was sad. Wow. Will, by the way, to his credit, is an expert. If he's trying to, like, push Raphael's buttons and make him confess to him and talk to him, he knows just what to say. He's, like, pouring on the emotional, you know, memories. So smart. (laughs) It's one of those things like, uh, you know, this is the part of the conversation where it's also interesting to hear, like, yeah, he's definitely, he's going for it in terms of trying to uh, put on the guilt trip, which is interesting to see from him. He's not usually one to do that um, unless he's trying to get Liddell to work on her paperwork. Um, But (laughs) uh, it is interesting to note that, you know, it's interesting that the only things that he can pull from are like, way back in childhood experiences so they either must have not talked for a long time or when they did talk they didn't talk a whole lot um because he's reaching for things that you know a small child would hold on to in terms of you know cornerstones of a relationship nothing about like you know opinions that they share or you know, that kind of thing, just reaching for, oh, well, we used to play together, or, you know, when I was sad, you were there, it's like, yeah, it's kind of basic stuff uh, when you're kids, but, you know, it's just interesting to think that it's been that long, too, so I kind of like the illustration of time going on here. Right. He must have been, like, Lauren was 12 at the accident, so William presumably was the same age, so, yeah. And he says, you are my partner in crime and the hero I looked up to. Oh, he's playing on the piano and Raphael is playing with him. You were always there. Oh, no, he's a cute baby. Well, he's so cute. Tiny. <laughs> looks so happy. Like, I adore my big brother. And he's Raphael, who looks very classy. He kind of looks, um, his hairstyle looks a little bit like 1800s, of like pulled back. Reminds me uh-huh. of um, Jim from Planet Treasure. Treasure Planet. Uh, yeah. Oh, that. I love that movie. Yes, I know. I love that song. I'm still here. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> and so is Raphael. <laughs> right. And Raphael is, you know, like swishing his hair, and he's like, "If we have each other, it'll be fine. I'm not going anywhere. Not now. Not ever. Obviously, right." When he says, and then you were gone all of a sudden. And we see the letter, which I'll read it again because it's a really good letter. He says, I'm sorry, William. I don't even know where the train I am about to take will take me. I wish I could take you with me, but it is impossible. It was the word take was there like three times in eight words. (laughs) Um, wish you will one day find it in your heart to forgive me. (laughs) And honestly, I mean that letter itself just shows how difficult it was for Raphael to part from Will. I mean, that is such a regretful, apologetic letter. It's one of those things where, you know, you do the best, you, and he must have been a teenager when he did that, you know, so you, you do the best you can. That's a tough, to, that's not an easy decision to make, you know. No, I don't think and, it was a decision. I think mean, he was forced, forced to leave. 
That's interesting. So I, I've never given that thought, but that is something to think about. Cause I mean, yeah, their dad is pretty strict. Nevertheless, you know, it, it's, it's, that's a sweet shot. And I honestly, like when I saw that frame of like the two of them, I wish we had more young William scenes like earlier in the series too. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like, like they're so enriching, you know? And I feel like, yeah, William's been here from the jump, you know, and his story like directly intertwines with so much that we're going, that's going to unfold in the future. And that has been unfolding recently. And I just, I love these little scenes um, and these little kind of flashbacks that explain things um, because they're also just enriching. They're enriching to the characters and it's really enriching to the plot moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they provide something cells at like giving us that richness that you mentioned with so many characters and so many different subplots it's fantastic choices make sense it's great (laughs) (laughs) and he continues with nothing but a letter left on my bed and we see lady will uh young will at the train running and we see him with his you know hands on his on his uh face just like crying at the train station then we see a guard and the guard says, hey, kiddo, they're going to close off this section of the train station for the inauguration. Go away. Huh. And first, okay, first, this just sounds like a regular guard, right? And Will looks up and his eyes are red. He's sniffling and then he sniffles and he goes out. And he's then you see a close-up of the guard. And he has this very intense expression. That is a major tip-off. What do you think of that? I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, is it Sandman? Is it Sandman? Is it Sandman? I I don't know about you, but I think it looks an awful lot like Sandman. Interesting. Okay, I didn't think of Sandman. If you see mm-hmm. under the hat, it's got the gray eyebrows. Uh, yeah. He and it's got the nose structure and that uh quirky little sardonic smile. Mm-hmm. It's very stubble free. So I think that's just like he was younger then. But and I guess that's how they're illustrating it. But to me, it looks a lot like Sandman. And that would make a whole lot of sense for me. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about, like, earlier in the series, he talks about his daughter and, you know, how he messed up and whatnot. But, uh, you know, I think his involvement, it's perfectly possible. Like, we never really understand 100% um the true extent of his involvement with phantom scythe and what exactly his role was but that would totally make sense Hmm. or it could be um uh the other guy who was in the vehicle as well so i don't know doesn't look like him say go um but yeah i didn't think of sandman but i did think of the fact that they featured him and that expression so prominently means that he's that's probably something that came inside. And I feel like that's probably the section, especially when you look at the back. I don't know. You see in the back, um, in the panel where he's sniffing, there's some green device in the back. Looks like a lawnmower. I don't know. But then I was like, wait, is it like an explosive <laughs> device? Like, what if, I wasn't what if even that? noticing that. <laughs> I thought that might be the, I don't know, maybe it's an explosive device and that's where the, the explosion is going to take place. And he wanted to get rid of, you know, the kid. That would totally make sense. And I could totally see all this happening on the same day, you know? Yeah, it would be happening. What? That that we know for sure. Yeah. 
you know, Raphael probably found out about shenanigans that were going to happen that day. And he was like, uh, I want no part of this and bounced. And then the stuff happened. And I would feel like intensely regretful for the rest of my life and intense and brooding and wander around looking sad too. <laughs> if that's what happened in my life, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, yeah, this is, I don't know, there's definitely something up with this guard. Um, well, all right. So, and he will continue. It's coincidentally, the same morning, that train station exploded. Oh, why, Raphael? I was just making sense of this, right? And Raphael continues with something that, you know, you're like, at first it's like, what's the connection? But then you're like, okay, that must be a connection. He says, I'm sure the old man hasn't changed since the last time I was around. Cruel, cold, manipulative. Wow, that's, that's tough to say about your dad. The fact that, okay, because a lot of kids... And even, well, maybe not teenagers necessarily, but kids like love their parents, even if they're bad to them, right? Because it's the only people they know and like they need to have that parental figure in their life and someone that they love. So sometimes even if the parent is so, is so nice, they usually love them. So for him to, at a relatively young age, have realized how, how nasty their dad was is telling us a lot about Stefan's character. I was going to say, I mean, kids aren't, uh, you know, speaking as an early childhood educator, kids aren't necessarily like just endless wells of forgiveness. They hold grudges. Um, they'll still look to an adult um, kind of, not instinctually, but, you know, other adults are their reference point for the world for the most part, but they are perfectly capable of holding a grudge. Um, you know, for every kid, it's different. Every child is different. You know, some children, their threshold for holding a grudge is, gosh, you wouldn't let me eat ice cream for the 10th time today. How dare you, you horrible <laughs> heathen. And for other children, it, it takes um, just as much and they're um, just as sophisticated processing um, as some adults. Um, so I'm not totally shocked that even at a young age, um, you know, <coughs> he discovered something that if it's against his moral code every child has a very strong sense of fairness and right and wrong according to them um and it sounds like if he's the kind of kid who is empathetic and very loving you know according to William's recount and according to the panels that we see showing him uh demonstrating that affection if he was that type of person who um believed in being loving and um you know doing the best you can for everybody else and caring about the people in your life um if dad did something that he felt that directly conflicted with that and he couldn't do anything about it i can totally see a young kid totally running away as a well what can i even do about this can't live with this person because this is wrong um according to me but i also am just a kid and what can I really do? So it, it's a very, it's, th those moments are very tragic. You know, it's just very sad to, it, you know, you kind of expect it, but in terms of the story, but it's still sad to see. Well, let's go through his next lines. And because I have some speculation based on what you said and what, and what he says. So I want to, I want to address that, but we I need to discuss his, what he said. So he says, um, you know, about his dad, there wasn't a single day I spent in that manner where I didn't hate him. But I never wanted to leave you alone in that prison. Believe me, William, I would have taken you with me if I could have. 
And Will says, then, you know, and he starts towards him. He's like, then why didn't you? Even if I'm not living in the streets, <clears throat> which is interesting because I wonder what the role of their mom was at the time. Like, was she so out of it even back then that, you know, like you would have left the house and like, because their mom didn't really matter? I have a feeling that even if mom, even before mom's, it's ambiguous as far as like what specific um, health problems she has and what specific, um, you know, in terms of, you know, what kind of diagnosis or does it extend to just mental issues or is it, you know, something that's uh, caused her to decline in physical ability um, for a while. Um, but I have a feeling that even if she was at 100% max health, <laughs> you know, even if his heart was softened, uh, William and Raphael's dad is still an intense guy and I'm sure is still used to getting his way when he decides what the best way is yeah. for the family. I mean, this is a person who actively knows that his kid is not happy with the choices that he's making for his kid as an adult and doesn't care. So that kind of person, even on their best day, um, clearly, you know, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense to me. His influence probably overrode hers. So he says, well, continues like, I would have followed you. I would have preferred that to being left behind there. And Rafaela continues because it was too dangerous. And he's like, what's that mean? What kind of shitty business did you get yourself involved into? <laughs> so, okay. And he's like, you should ask our father that same question. He's always been beyond heartless. But one day he took someone I cherished away from me. In fact, he did that to many others too. It's like, what? Who? Okay, and like, stop being so cryptic. I know you broke up that your engagement with Talia because of him. Okay, 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 new information, new information. And uh -huh. he's like, is that it? Is that why you left? And Raphael is just like completely shocked. He's like, he's a murderer, William. And he pushes Will. But there's a lot of information. I don't know if we should just do all the panels. Yeah, let's do all the panels and then discuss it. And he's like, I was gonna what? say, let's just do all the panels because I feel like everything leads into the next. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what? And there's these beautiful panels of Will and Raphael just looking shocked at each other. I, I love how Raphael looks. Man, with that like homeless shaggy beard and the long hair. Mm. Mm -mm. Mm. Sorry, people, for my. I'm telling you, the beards, man. Just line <laughs> them up. We got to rank them. Oh, yes. <laughs> Men look very wonderful with beards. <laughs> <clears throat> and he just like stops and. Um, because I think that he realizes they Will doesn't know and he didn't necessarily mean to say that about their dad and he turns away and he, then Will's like what's that supposed to mean Raphael? I thought you told me we had broken up we don't know why we don't know what happened <laughs> he doesn't continue and Raphael's like okay I said too much turns around he's like I better go and he's like no Raphael you can't do that grabs him not to say something like this why did you call him a murderer? And he's huffing and puffing. Raphael's this wide-eyed look. Will's super intense. Raphael closes his mouth, you know, furrows his eyebrows. And then he hugs him. <laughs> oh. 
That's so sweet. And he says, I'm truly sorry, little brother. I cannot tell you. And he looks up at the sky and walks away. Oh, no, poor Will. Will is crying. You see his little tear running down his cheek. This whole scene, this, this is one of those scenes where I cannot wait. Whenever this is adapted, um, I, I hope that this, it, this is going to be so great to see, you know, actors and some screenwriters flesh this entire scene out a little bit more. Um, I feel like there's a lot that um, they wanted to pack into a scene and it was kind of like, well, should we even get into this or get into that? Um, and so they kind of condensed it into this conversation. But some of the things in this conversation are just like, yes, more of it. Tell me more. And it's just <laughs> such a tease overall. Um, I love the little bit about the engagement thing. It's like, yes, aha. See, there's more going on. We know a little bit more about Raphael now. Um, and those little things. Um, and, you know, it, it's just. I, I do kind of like how he pulls him in for a hug. It's like, okay, that's one way to get somebody to stop asking questions, you know, just smother them with love and just say, it's okay. I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm just going to hug you and walk away. Um, I do find it interesting how like after this, they kind of don't, they don't necessarily <coughs> follow up. Like William doesn't follow him more. Mm -hmm. um, Cause if I, I this is one of those moments where I think perhaps they were trying to convey just the more, more appeal to the vulnerability and the emotionalness, but it's like, man, you drop bombs like that. It's like, yes, you're going to explain this a little bit further. It's kind of important. I mean, my entire career is like investigating murders and yes. stuff. So you say somebody's a murder. I, I, I kind of am obligated by law to like ask you some more questions you oh, know probably the whole yes thing. i know will is not a detective but still you know well, well probably specifically because of that can't tell him whatever's going on like is it that stefan is part of the ps and he made made his son join like what is it is Raphael not even part of the phantom site and is he not even a messenger and is he working against the phantom site and that's why it's so dangerous like have we been like I said like I speculated before red herring and like is Raphael actually not a messenger that would be a cool twist to you know, make, make us think really he's like kind of like you know Loki Billy Vigilante type of thing I'll be honest I feel like uh, unpopular opinion I feel like Raphael's role isn't 100% defined yet. And even if he is a messenger, he's probably not 100% team Phantom side. He's Maybe probably, he's what? Maybe he's a double agent. Yeah, that's, he, he might be doing the same thing that it turns out so mm -hmm. many characters are actually <laughs> doing. And he might be trying to do the double agent thing as well. Or, or unpopular opinion I think again it comes down to Viscount Redcliffe and I think it also might be a matter it will be interesting to see that if he is the messenger that it's more out of loyalty to Redcliffe than it is to Phantom Scythe so that Redcliffe can keep taking care of people because even though we know that Redcliffe is like super popular and that's why they don't want to kill him right away 
you know, we don't 100% know how he got all the popularity. Maybe part of it is because like, hey, guys, um, like his pitch could be like, hey, guys, I'm with the Phantom Scythe, but I do that so that I could protect you and blah, blah, blah. And in some way, shape or form, he backs that up to people. And that might be a way that he earns loyalty, like, you know, better the devil, you know, than the devil you don't kind of thing mm-hmm. to individuals. And maybe Raphael is one of those people that kind of believes this. So he'll be a messenger, but it's not out of necessarily loyal to Phantom Scythe ideals. It's more so he can defend his own, if that makes sense. I could totally see something like that being a potentiality too. But part of me feels like, I don't know. I don't feel like Raphael is pure Phantom Scythe. I think that would be contradictory. And I feel like this conversation that he's having with William, he's still clearly attached to, you know, people in the world um and he doesn't like murder so those two things kind of would support him more uh taking more of a passive role more of a peaceful role overall right. than active violence yeah so if he's a messenger all the the tough fronts he has to put on obviously it must be really hard for him emotionally yeah so i don't know i go back and forth with it <laughs> What do you think he meant? What do you think it means when he says Stefan's a murderer? Does that mean he is a murderer in the context of being a royal, sorry, a noble? Or do you think he's a murderer in the context of being in the Phantom Sight? Or something different that we don't know about? I think that's a good question. I like the way you phrased it. You know, a murderer by virtue of being a noble. By virtue of, and I think uh, that's, it's always good to think about like touching on the sentiment of just by virtue of being privileged enough. Does that mean that you are automatically taking from someone else? No, I, I, I don't, that's not what I meant. I don't think that him just being a noble, I mean, like, does he do anything specifically as a noble that, that we're through that process, he commits murder, like meaning does no. he use status to kill people? I don't know. But, yeah, no, but I think both of those things, like I, I totally dig what you're saying, but I do think it actually is, it does bear some significance because there are some people, it's very clear that uh, a lot of the public in this webtoon, uh, the public definitely feels more and more like, well, gosh, these nobles don't even care. Mm -hmm. You know, they're living high on the hog. We're supporting them. You know, it might get to that point um, that, and it's brought, it's already been brought to that point. And that's what created Phantom Scythe and whatnot you know, they felt that nobles were as good as murderers. But yeah, no, I think, I think Raphael was more, I don't know if he was saying something. I I don't know 100% if he means indirectly that he's responsible for murdering people. I honestly believe that, uh, (laughs) I believe uh, he's perfectly capable. Stefan is perfectly capable of murdering people directly um so in in that conversation it's kind of hard to tell because he doesn't give us anything else after that so it's going to be interesting to see what he means if it was just something like he just decided that people were you know gonna die by virtue of consequence or he actually ordered for killings yeah i I don't think Raphael would be this emotional if it was indirect murder like if it was just privilege murder yeah i think that it's direct you know actual murder um 
what how exactly is curious yeah like, is he fandom scythe or is he just like a nasty person who like kills people who whoever he wants you know that's that's what i mean so it's just it's it's i just either way we're gonna be so upset with stefan no matter <laughs> what because it's just gonna be yeah. such a horrible thing mm-hmm. and i do feel like it's very evident by what Raphael says that he was Okay, never not. No, I'm not sure. Either he was forced. I I originally saw that saw him as being like forced into the Phantom Scythe, and that would mean that it's too dangerous to follow him there, and that's why he couldn't bring Will. Or maybe it's like a Kieran sort of situation. Okay, we don't even know exactly how Kieran got into the Phantom Scythe, but maybe it's a Kieran like a situation where he's a vigilante and he can't bring Will along to be a vigilante because that's too dangerous. I think it might be more that. And I also have to say, we don't know necessarily, again, until we find out what his bigger role is in the scheme of everything, uh, until that's like 100% confirmed, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's hard to tell if it's just a sheer, you know, I feel like me going off on my own is too dangerous for you, my precious little bean, yeah. you know, I'm not going to let you do anything on your own because I love you and I cherish you and I don't think you deserve to have to handle that burden um so I I just I can't wait to see more details about Raphael because I think it'll explain so many more of his choices yeah 100% I mean we got a much more sympathetic side to him now than I anticipated um so I'm so happy to see it because it's nice to see when people are nicer than you expected them to be. I know, right? He's heartless. He's a little heartless. heartless in this last encounter. He really so, was. He really I was. was. Like, you see that he wasn't heartless, that it was like an act. Maybe William needed to show his heart to Aww. reveal the heart. That's sweet. Yeah. And so now, focus on a little bit on the part. He took someone I cherished away from me. In fact, he did that to many others. So it seems like he's not necessarily talking about Talia, right? Because it seems that, let's say, Stefan made him break up his engagement with this person named Talia, probably because she wasn't socially, you know, acceptable enough, right? Because Will doesn't finish the sentence. He says, I know you broke up your engagement with Talia because of him, right? So I can imagine Stefan saying, oh, she's not the right class. You can't marry her. But I don't think that's what Raphael is talking about. I think Raphael is talking about how Stefan actually murdered someone that was close to close to um with Raphael that's what it sounds like to me I wonder if Talia is murdered this Talia person may have actually been murdered and the whole oh they just broke up was a convenient cover yeah and it's like man if you just you just killed somebody that I got engaged to I don't know how I'll be able to tell my little brother about that either I would probably run away to the circus too and that might have been the reason, yeah, that, exactly. That might have, it seems like it would have been a sufficient trigger for him to run away and do whatever he was doing. Whatever he was doing now. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It could be that he's in the Phantom Scythe and Stefan is a murderer, but not in the Phantom Scythe. Like, that's why he joined him, joined Phantom Scythe to stop his dad. That, that's an option. Mm-hmm. That is true. If he, as a child, did not have enough context let's say, let's say Stefan was too ambiguous. Let's say he covered his tracks well enough to not be perceived as somebody phantom side, but not well enough to be found out, to not be found out for, you know, killing somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, 
you as a person or by you, I mean, Raphael, <laughs> I could totally see that turning into a thing where I'm going to join the Phantom Scythe to fight my dad. Oh, my dad is Phantom Scythe. Crap. Or I didn't know that at the time, you or know? Or he's doing his murderous activities separately from the Phantom Scythe, like not as part of the Phantom Scythe. That yeah. is completely true. And that's something that, you know, I can't wait to see more unfold with like the nobles drama and especially like the royal family drama and the council. I kind of want to find out a lot more about that because I feel like that's going to put some things in context for us and it's going to narrow down our suspects of who is Phantom Scythe and who's <laughs> not. And it'll be so nice to get some clarity. <laughs> I know, I feel like we got some clarity here, but we always get more questions. Every time we get some answers, we get more questions after. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hey, do we have anything else to discuss in this particular scene? I don't know. I'm happy. I'm just so happy that they talked. I, and, you know, you said you're like, why doesn't Will run after him? I think Will realizes that he's not going to get anything from Raphael tonight. And I think he's also a little heartbroken. And he just doesn't have the emotional energy to run after him anymore and, like, beg him. I think it's just too hard for him. That's such a beautiful point. He has been kind of sort of, even even if it hasn't been like physically in person, he talks about him, you know, um, he references him. In his mind, he has kind of been running after him his whole life. He's been chasing his big brother his whole life. And, you know, his big brother has finally laid down this boundary and Williams come so far in his development that, you know, no, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go like this. I'm going to let this dynamic go yeah, for now i think that maybe he'll i'm sure that he'll pick it up in some way later but i think he realizes you know i just i don't think he can handle more emotional pain right now you know just has to let it go it's better to process yeah i hope he talks about it to kim Lauren. <laughs> well it's gonna come out somehow <laughs> And I hope he also does some digging into his father. You see, he's totally shocked. Like, he did not even suspect for a second that his dad is involved in anything shady. <laughs> Hilarious. It's like, yeah, we thought, we know your dad's shady. Like, okay, fine. He, he doesn't get the privilege of reading Bison, but still. <laughs> in William's mind, he's thinking to himself, well, he's murdered our souls, but I didn't think he actually murdered bodies. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So now we go to the next scene. We see a high um, window, small window with steel bars across. <laughs> it looks like it's in a um, sheltered environment. We see there's steps leading down. Looks like it's in a basement. And we have Sandman with some papers, a lot of papers on his desk, and a bunch of people um, giving him papers. And they're like, this is the last of the boss. It's as much information as we could gather, two guys and a woman. And Salmon says, good job, everyone. I believe we are ready. So it's great. There's some plan. There's some plans. He says, you put your lives at risk to help me build this for nothing in return. And he's shaking his hand. Thank you for your trust and for your efforts. I will make sure your identities are protected. And none of you have to go down with me. Take care of yourselves and lie low. So, and then the, the one of the guys says, we'll do. Thank you, Salmon. It was an honor to have worked with you. And clack. So they leave. So it looks from this, the Sandman is planning some activity where he's planning on going down. So it's like his final call, right? We know that he 
He's like, I want to take as many of them down with me. So, and they're like, it was an honor to have worked with you. It sounds very final. It really sounds like whatever he's planning, that's like, he's going to go out with that. And he just wants to get them. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see what happens next. And uh, honestly, this series of panels is also kind of what uh, made me feel like the shot earlier was a callback to Sandman. And I'm like, oh, because again, you know, there's that smile of satisfaction. And mm -hmm. it's nice to see that somebody's getting the information that they're actually looking for. I feel like this whole series, like, that's one of the things, like, you learn that it's hard to be a spy and actually get real solid information all the time. And it's so nice to see that Sandman's getting some information that he can use and he feels accomplished with. Yeah. I like to look at Barb's eyes, by the way, and Sandman's eyes. So he has gray hair and he has like light brown eyes. And Sandman has the eyes are a little lighter. The nose is more square. I don't know. I don't think it's Sandman. Sorry. His, and his hand is his hair is more sandy gray. Like I don't know. I don't know. There's a, I'm I don't allowed to dream. A girl can dream. <laughs> but yeah i mean these people are obviously um also risking their lives to help him so kudos to them they're they seem very heroic and and he's he's also being like a good boss right he's like appreciating their efforts he's assuring them he's thanking them um i mean this is like someone who's a good leader truly and it, it almost makes me think like i feel almost like this is still snapdragony because it's very organized if you notice and you know he's been talking with this mrs green person which we saw in the earlier panels too of this episode so it's just like it's it's kind of exciting to see like oh yes you know an organization is actually organized and it's working it's great <laughs> yes it is i agree it makes you feel good like that like uh -huh. doing something against the bad guys uh-huh and like an actual positive accumulation that doesn't just end up in people being bruised and bloodied <coughs> lord <Right. coughs> and yeah Sandman looks pretty pretty shoddy like you know we, we admired him last time when he got rid of the assassin and his it's all muscular and somehow we're all sitting over Sandman. <laughs> there he is once again you know doing cool stuff being heroic i know right who knew? Yeah. So seven, that this is how we would feel about him. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, I feel like every time, I feel like Sandman in, in uh, like, as a reader, you look at him and you're like, yeah, Sandman is so cool and so boss. I feel like if he was a person in real life, if I actually met him in person, he would be incredibly intimidating. He would probably look like he could snap next, like he did in the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that, yes, I agree. So they leave and he sits down and he sighs. So he kind of presents a little bit more of a confident front than he really feels like he, you know, it, there's something on his mind. And what he says is, I will keep my word, Lauren. Right. So I didn't go back to that episode where they talked, which I should have. Me neither. Uh, well, I tried to comb through it and I was just like, uh, I could not remember the number. So let me look because I think they were. It's, uh, I think I might recognize the panel. Terrible Truth, maybe. 76. Let's see. 
They're at the docks. I remember seeing yeah, yeah. them at the docks. Yeah. 76, he says, I heard the He tells them that the parents are fantastic. <laughs> okay, well, this is, I think your promise is a little bit later. So, oh, he says he wants to help her. I regret it. I've been a mercenary. Uh -huh. I want to make one thing right. Um, I want to get the bastard. I want to burn. Uh, he's been gathering information. Uh, yeah, he's trying to find Apostle the Seventh. Oh, no, she's trying to find Apostle the Seventh. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let me let's just go to the docs. So if that was 76. That might be the 90s. Yeah. Because she got the thing. Torturous trap was when she got the that was 90. She got the note. There she is. Okay. She gets it him. Sorry all for like seeing our live uh, review. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is where yeah. the magic happens, y'all. Yeah, it does. Sorry. This is our spy time. Right. <laughs> She's a double agent. She asked her to change. She died, right? She was assassinated. Okay. Nothing more to lose. Da -da -da. Victim, fate, refuse, order. Inside into Kieran. Lainey's role is to retrieve something through the fossil. Lainey was killed. The other was collateral damage. Okay. But he didn't. What was his promise? <laughs> I think his promise is to me. I don't, I don't see a promise. I just think his promise was to find the seven. It, it was, it, it was kind of. I just know that they were talking at the docks, and that's pretty much the last time that he talked to Lauren. Yeah, I think I think the promise is just to get get pretty vague, get like shot. giving them information, kind of thing. I'm down. Something like that. All right. Well, that was very emotional. That's the episode. Oh my gosh! Just just reviewing it already got me. <laughs> also, there's beautiful here in the end. <laughs> reading a book which is my favorite thing ever it's like if someone reads a book then like their my interest level goes up like woo, like thank you <laughs> so okay flashing back to sam and he says i'll keep my word and then the phone rings and picks up the guest and it's blue hair pronoun and she's like i've got new info or miss green and uh she says yes just earlier right like she's talking and you hear that you see, um, she's in her room and it looks like she has kind of like a bunch of disguises around her. She has like a newsboy cap and like a cape and different head stands, right, for wigs. So I feel like that could be for her role as an actress, but also for her role as a spy. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, you know, it is a convenient interchangeable set of skills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the wig changing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love the poster there too, oh, Ghosts of the yeah. Cathedral. <laughs> Wait, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a second. So she says, yeah, just earlier we see the scratch on her legs, and we know for sure it was her. And we see a camera and we see a bunch of papers all over it. She's a little bit of a slob, like she's just like papers and magazines and newspapers on the floor. And yeah, then we see the poster. Anyways, meet me tomorrow after the show. You know where. 
and she has the notebook with the picture and the thing that she did. So yeah, so she's in the show and um, I'm excited. Goes to the cathedral. It kind of looks like the, the one in Grey Chapel. Um, I mean, maybe it's not uh, they all look alike, but perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> I was also thinking, like, I, I was like, ah, Ghost in the Cathedral instead of Phantom of the Opera. Right, you know, <laughs> can't get too on the nose when there's phantoms everywhere, eh? Um, oh, God, right? <laughs> I know, right? You know what I was really excited about, though? I feel like, and I was, I was just excited to see this character finally in, like, uh, I mean, I was excited to see her more completely last time, but it's nice to see her again. Uh, I remember the first time that I saw her, I thought it was like Nara. And I was like, uh, I'm very confused. But, you know, after a couple of uh, episodes now, it's like, no, it's definitely somebody different. And I like that we're being introduced to them like very early. And there's somebody entirely different. Like this is a different organization. This is a different association. Like even Sandman is connected to Phantom Side, but it seems like these characters are now not and um yeah i i hope we're definitely gonna see some drama in the opera unfolding <laughs> i think moving forward and i like that we get like more full body shots too because there's more cosplays now out there um, and uh I'm, I'm 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 digging the blue wig man digging the blue wig yeah mainly brown with like a little bit of blue streaks but yeah I could do that. I have dark brown hair, curly hair. <laughs> and just put some blue in. What do you think she was taking the pictures for? I think she's spying for Sandman. I think she's working with him to take down the PS. What do you think she's trying to find out? Uh, if you have to get on what that man was what that man's role is in the PS. Getting more shipments because he has something to do with the delivery. Mm. Like that. I think that's a good guess. We're nitro, I don't know. So they want to stop the nitro, they want to use the nitro and blow up yes instead. Man. They they they're gonna they're gonna have to get a heck of a shipment. <laughs> Considering all theirs is basically gone now. So I know. But I can't wait to see. I feel like, you know what I'm really going to be excited to finally see? No. The Viscount's Ball. I feel like we've been just having that build up, build up, build up, talk-wise. And it's just like, when is it going to be here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to remember when it was mentioned. It was like episode seven or something? Like really, really early. I know. They keep just talking about it like it's going to be soon. It's going to be soon. It's like, it's not. <laughs> but I just can't. I can't wait to see... I honestly can't wait to see Hawks and Liddell working security at the ball. It's just going to be epic, especially if they're serving that watermelon. I feel like, yeah, I feel like there will be some funny Kim moments before it gets all serious and dramatic and probably some major blowout or something. I feel like there'll be funny Kim. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for funny Kim to make a comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not like she ever left. Yeah. <laughs> watermelon, sugar. Oh, I was just thinking about that today, too. I was like, oh, Harry Styles ain't got nothing on Kim. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not get the appeal of the song, but whatever, I know the title and like the 
I think it's just people like it because it's catchy. I, I honestly don't know the meaning of the lyrics, but now whenever I hear it, I think of Kim. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, she's addicted to that watermelon sugar. Right. <laughs> also, something interesting I noticed, I was looking at the, the art that Soph did, you know, how all of them are getting shot and there's flower petals sticking out of their heads right. uh, the other direction. Kim has yellow and watermelon blossoms are also yellow. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. She's a little melon through and through. <laughs> Very cute. Awesome. Well, do you have any final thoughts to say on the episode before we close out? No, I'm just excited for the next one. I feel like this set up so much, so I can't wait to see the payoffs. Always, yes, same here. They, she, so badass, just puts so much in their episodes. It's really amazing. I feel like this was just a really good setup for the next events that are coming. Mm-hmm. Well done, serial filler. Yeah. Awesome. So awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Veronica, for joining. It was so fantastic. You had great insights. I'm so excited to share this. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Yeah. We will see each other soon. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. Good night. Peace out, Girl Scout. <laughs> Thank you to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Libris, Lily, Jenny, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Saucy Tuggles, Anne Rose, Priya, Alexa, Misty, Joanne, Patty, Imelda, Esther, and watching people, Doris, Poppy, Seed, Marie, Emily, Jean, Jen, Erin, Kate, Lily, Beckett, Sarenda, Christine, Sadie, Kelly, Daniel, Teresa, Mrs. Castaldo, Jen, Tatiana, and Louisa. Your support is truly appreciated. 